Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode... I want to prove that the future of business development is community creation. And I realized that the way you do it, the way that you scale what I was doing in Miami is via content, right? Like everything I was doing in Miami of providing stages for people in an audience, if I can capture that in content and redistribute that, then now it's a self-feeding machine. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Circle. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, and today, like every other day, I have an opportunity to connect and talk with wonderful human beings, and today is no different. Mr. Pablo Gonzalez, my new best friend. How are you doing, brother? Yes, I was hoping you'd tell everybody that we're best friends right now. <laughs> I'm, do I'm, I'm doing fantastic, man. <laughs> Dude, I, it's probably the first time I ever said that on the show. Um, and the reason I said that is for many reasons, and we will, we will unfold those reasons here live for everyone, well, live to us and live to you and me. Um, it's funny because I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about how, and it was really bizarre, but I understood what he was saying. He's like, you're talking to me, an old me, point zero. 
zero 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 three seconds into the pat. I was like, oh, dude, he's getting really deep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're here. We're kind of live and we're moving forward. But everyone will really get to benefit from this show because you're going to get to learn and know more about Pablo because he's an amazing dude, seriously, that um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a of a primer on who the heck he is, but he's the founder and chief executive connector at Connect with Pablo. He's a content marketing community creation, which is a content community uh, creation agency. And he's really all about the future of business development. And he's the host of the Chief Executive Connector podcast and the Not Your Average Investor show, which I was privileged enough to be on. Thank you so much. Uh, he's also an award-winning speaker. And he's also, here's one of the coolest highlights that we were chatting about before he the mics were turned on. He was named the Latino Leader of the Future by Latino Leaders Magazine and a top 20 under 40 for Brickell Magazine. So dude, congrats on all that, man. And and also, I didn't even mention your real estate background and your construction background. So you've got a lot uh, under your belt, brother. You know, it's been a journey. I uh, I like to, I'm glad you said that stuff. It makes me feel better about myself. You know, it's <laughs> it's all who you know in those things, right? So I, I, uh, I, I knew the right people to get selected there. But thanks, man. Listen, I'm, I'm pumped to be on with you, man. Like I, I, I echo your sentiment, man. I feel like we are absolutely kindred spirits. When I when I first the first podcast I heard you on was on Bigger Pockets, and I'm like, I freaking love this dude, man. Like I, you know, you, the the iteration and how you describe your journey very very much parallels, you know, my journey and what I'm up to, man. And I felt that connection immediately. So I'm pumped that you made it a podcast official, best friendship, and um, <laughs> I'm excited for the future, bro. It's in writing. It's in audio. It's uh, it's verbal agreements because uh, we're doing some wonderful things together, which was cool because when I think it's really, really powerful to connect with people in person. And we had the opportunity to do that prior to all the madness. And I think that once the digital connection the digital handshake was made after we met in person. It was quicker because we had like deep conversations while we were together at PodFest in Orlando. And, you know, there's something about that vibe, being able to really read and connect and feel the aura around that person is like, yeah, I, you know, I trusted you and I trusted you enough to hand you the keys and the rein to, to my show, Entrepreneur Circle, which is a big, big, uh, you know, deal for me to actually, uh, hand the keys over and have you be the host on my show. And I want to just thank you profusely for that dude for, for agreeing to do that. Dude, it's, and, a, it's um, an absolute honor, man. Like, and, yeah, and you yeah. know, like I, I love talking about how people connect, right? Like I, 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 that's, that's the whole, at the center of my chi, right? I also think we'd be remiss not to mention the idea that we have like one degree of separations of a couple of people that we highly respect and that also helped lubricate the trust between us, right? Like the Josh Carries, the Dougs, the the John Briggs guys, right? Like, like you were, I I definitely got along with you the moment we met. I was like, all right, this guy's a cool guy, you know. Like we had we had a great conversation, like you said. But then it's also just there's a saying in Spanish that gets translated to, "Tell me who you know, and I tell you who you are," right? So like mm -hmm. to me, I, I want to give it up to you for being surrounded by amazing people. So that it makes it very, very easy to just be like, oh man, yeah, Eric's super yeah. legit. Like uh, that's so obvious to me. I appreciate that, brother. Can you say it in Spanish though? What's the real saying? Dime con quien andas y te digo quien eres. I uh, love that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny because I took Spanish for many years, and uh, yeah, 
<laughs> I wish I could speak fluently. Um, but anyway, let's let's get into your story because I, as the audience, want to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, you know, we know each other on a professional level, and we also are getting to know each other uh, from a personal level. So I want to ask you a question that will get the ball rolling. So what was it like growing up in the Gonzalez household? What was it like around the dinner table? Dude, I was, you know, I've, I've been listening to your podcast, preparing for this, and I knew you were either going to ask me that one or the, or the, what's the first thing you sell, right? And I got to be honest, man, I'm a little bit insecure about about answering this question, and and I say it in a way that I'm saying it because I think at the end of the day, when you lean into the discomfort, it's it's that's where the gold is, right? I, Eric, I had a really privileged life, man. Like I, I, I grew up, I grew up the youngest son of a man, my father, who is my idol, um, with my mom, who was always a stay-at-home mom. And by the time that I was born, my dad had already made it, right? So I had, I had these very different experiences than my brother and my sister because I grew up around the dinner table that, number one, my mom was always like Spanish only in the table. <laughs> so so that. that's, why, that's why I still speak Spanish. Um, and, and also... I grew up with like a, a living housekeeper and I didn't have a lot of uh, chores to do, but we had every single dinner together. And by, you know, like as I was growing up, by the, by the time that I was like nine years old and we moved back to Miami from Spain, uh, you know, my dad was already in a, in a place where he had his own business and, and, he, and he had it established. So he was like my baseball coach, my soccer coach and, and, and stuff like that. And I want to mention all that stuff because you and I are both deep into Gary Vee content, right? And, and, and Gary Vee often talks about like the idea of give me that person that comes from struggle any day of the week, right? Like that person that comes from privilege, that that privilege is an anchor around their neck because they can't pivot because they can't go do something that their parents don't expect because if not, they're going to get cut off from Uber or whatever, right? Like he's got a bunch of different analogies that he makes. And I love to tell Gary Vee that I am the 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 butt of his old joke and the and the hero story of his of of his new thing because I struggled with that immensely man like I, I I very much struggled with the fact that like I've always had this like top end talent I've been exposed to great education and I speak well I speak multiple languages I express my, I don't have a, a lack of confidence but when it comes to resiliency and self-dependence and, and, and uh, the, the belief that I know that I can get stuff done because I've been doing it for my own my whole life, down to like keeping my stuff clean, right? Like is stuff that I literally had to learn in my late 20s. And it was terrifying, right? Like I, I, I've, I've, I've often told people that I felt like I've just been falling upwards my whole life just because of people skills, which now that I lean into it, it works fantastically, right? But I, I, I just want to say that that per, our friend who's listening right now, who may be in that boat, right? Like, like I, I, I grew up around a bunch of private school kids, right? And I know a lot of them, like some of them elevated to the top because of, because of circumstance and never looked back. I know, I know others that, you know, have completely shunned that life or whatever. And then I know a big pool of people that were like me, man, that, that, that felt like they're stuck in this, rut job or rut career, having to live a legacy because how could they disrespect their parents whom they adore and they admire and gave them so much like I do. But how do I find the, the, the wherewithal to break away from that, 
be naked out there and really make it on my own, man, is, is a struggle that I have that I have really set myself to like facing in the last 10 years of my life. And, and it's what's brought me here and it's what's brought me ultimate fulfillment and purpose in what I'm doing. Um, and I really never get a chance to talk about it. So you asking me that question prompted that for me. And this is the first time I ever kind of like spit it. it out, right? Yeah, man. No, this is great, man. I love this. This is this is the stuff I love to seek, sink my teeth into because, you know, you said so many really powerful things there, you know, and thank you for being vulnerable and open, you know, to, to your upbringing and how you felt about it and how you sort of maybe not felt about it while you were in it, but reflecting on it and hearing that, oh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurial journey stories are about the struggle and I was an immigrant and I came here and I crushed it. Well, not necessarily for everyone, right? I know people like that, especially even in my own family where, you know, they grew up privileged and they grew up, you know, with everything being done for them. And even my own children right now are experiencing that. So, uh, you know, I want to sort of dive into like how you got past it and are working through it. And now like, what was the aha moment? What was the moment where you were like, you know what, that's the Pablo of the past. I, I need to reinvent. I need to, I need to do this in order to prove myself. Man, I've I've had a I've had a series of aha moments. When it when it comes to when it comes to that subject in particular, I have a hard time finding a, a specific aha moment, man. But but I can tell you this. I can tell you that I have always had a general anxiety over me of like, when is the bottom gonna fall out? Right? Like I I've always motivated myself as like what I need to prove to myself is that I deserve everything that was given to me. And within that message, there is part of that message is saying, do you deserve everything that's, that's given to you? Right. So like part of that message is harmful. And as I, as I progressed through my career, I had this 15 year career in construction in a, in an industry that really never felt right. Right. Like I, I came out of college career fair, got a couple of job offers. I really liked one was this executive and training program for a fortune 500 construction company. Cause this was like the early two thousands and the world was under construction. And this other one was this like sales manager and training for Pepsi bottling group. And my dad's like, dude, go with construction. It's a historically great industry, blah, 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 blah. You're, you're bred to be an executive. Cool. Right. So I, I went into that industry and I just never really, I'd never really, I never really liked it, man. Like it was, it was a very retrograde industry and I always seemed to be trying to like break out of it. My first time that I was able to kind of like transcend was when I found green building, green construction. I, I was able to reframe that as best practices construction. And that was when I started my first business. I became a green building expert and I started this green building consulting company in Miami. Um, but even then I wasn't very fulfilled, you know, like two years later, got acquired by my biggest customer who is a hospital builder and university builder went in-house as director of sustainability. Um, in a year and a half, I just had implemented all my processes and everything I needed to get that on cruise control. And I was working like 15, 20 hours a week, really, and doing whatever I wanted, which ended up being a blessing because I got super involved in the Miami community and nonprofits and starting young professional groups. That's how I got to these like lists that I got named on um, to start the show and validate you know, all my efforts. And, and at that point, you know, I still was looking around thinking, do I dedicate myself more to construction right now that I have the time or do I, do I do something else? And I kept just leaning away from it. I kept leaning more into this like community, civic engagement, creating these groups, knowing inherently that 
I could stay in the office and try to impress my boss, or I can go out into town and diversify my influence by working with all these other people in nonprofit boards and this and that, and that would lead to something better. And somewhere along those lines, right, I had the, the big aha moments I had was at one point I got invited to speak on a panel for smart cities because my CEO didn't want to go. Right. And I went to the economic development agency of my, of Miami. And I spoke on, uh, on a panel with like the head of Cisco S- systems for Latin America and like the head of economic, the head of smart cities development for like the world bank and me last minute. When I came off of that stage, I realized there was six people deep waiting to talk to me. And I'm like, everybody here that's waiting to talk to me thinks I'm more important than I am. And the ability to be on a stage validated me and gave me a huge value. And if I want to leverage everything that I'm doing, I need to figure out a way to provide stages for others, right? So at that point, I was like, aha, I can do this because I have these young professional groups I started. I can reach out to a developer to talk about their, their project in the context of how it's improving Miami and position it in a way that it's good for young professionals. I can bring in a politician on the board of one of my charities to be on the panel so I can give him that guilty by association feeling as well and connect them to these people and a land use attorney also. Um, and that's when I first started thinking, man, there's another way to do business development that isn't sales and that isn't, you know, close rate. It's like this value added business development thing. And I was like, the stage concept has some legs, right? Like I, I knew that all the networking I was doing was valuable, but I didn't know how to like turn that into a sales machine. So I started doing these events that turned me into a business developer for my company, right? Because you'd host an event, then the developer would be in the office asking, hey, man, you guys want to bid on this project or what, right? Like they were being treated completely different. And then I just kept talking about it nonstop. And something happened where I got the opportunity to be the head of business development for another construction company, which would have been a logical step up, right? Like an extra like 30% on top of my salary and, uh, and go, you know, head my own business development department. And I also got the opportunity to go be the VP of business development for a startup software company in Jacksonville, Florida for e-commerce sellers, for, for Amazon sellers. And at that point, the big aha moment, Eric, was I'm sitting there debating with my dad for like the sixth time about how I want to take this like huge risk and go do this like software thing. And him telling me, no, man, you got to stick the, you know, stick to the path. This is, you're going to make, be making a bunch of money with these guys. You're going to, you know, like this is the logical next step. And at a green building conference, as I am networking and business developing and talking to this young developer, this was October, 2017, when I feel like podcasts really started being a, a conversation topic, right? I, I started asking this guy, I'm like, hey man, what are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? He's like, dude, I, I've been on this guy, Gary V. You got to check him out, right? So that was my introduction to Gary V. I turn on Gary V, immediately dislike him because I'm a Dolphins fan. Uh, <laughs> and I despise the Jets, right? And like hard charging Jersey guy is a guy that I, that I thought I knew well, right? Um, but as I listened to his message, man, like his... His number one, he was somebody that was proving the stage thing at a, at a grand level, right? Like this like value add business developing at a grand level. And he espoused the ideals that were the people closest to you want you to be safe, 
do you want to be safe or do you want to grow? If you want to grow, you're going to have to be okay telling the people closest to you that you want to head a different direction, right? So like I took real solace in that, man. And that's, and that's when I took the chance to join this e-commerce company that allowed me, you know, I basically jumped on a burning ship, which made me take my vision of having events for business development to on now, we're just going to host some zoom calls over here and create content out of it. You know, like, and, and everything that I'm doing now has, has developed out of like, going into that scarcity mode and, and, and jumping in two feet in, you know, having this one year experience in the startup, realizing the partnership wasn't right, left having left that place much better than it was before finding out these truths. And then now that I was already way out on that limb, I just snapped it off, man. And I just jumped off and decided to build a parachute. And that was beginning of 2019. And here I am, man, I, I, I've literally built a business around the core things that I love doing. Uh, and doing it for others. And I couldn't be happier, man. I'm just, I'm just fully, fully aligned. So I don't know, super long answer. Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, the long answers are great. Um, but then you're leaving me with a ton. Like I I gotta, I I gotta figure out which, which nugget do I want to want to pick up and, and and run with. So I, so you dropped a couple of things in there where you talked about, um, you know, you know, being involved with smart cities and then that aha moment, that's really an aha moment when you got on stage and you realized, Holy crap, uh, this is powerful. Yeah. And, and I don't remember the exact moment when I experienced the same thing, but yeah, I remember thinking, holy crap, look at the people waiting to chat, uh, which, 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 yeah, you're right. Validation. Um, I don't know if I got to where you were that quickly, where I'm like, how do I give this to more people? Uh, but we now do that like you and I through, Correct. through podcasting. And then, um, and then you talked about, you you just dropped it in there, and I don't know if anyone heard or noticed this, but you created a business and sold it. I mean, so I do. I'm curious about that, and then also maybe we can rewind there. But I also wanted to highlight something cool that I don't know if you've realized. Maybe you have, or you haven't put it in words here yet. That we all need coaches and mentors in life. We always need to figure out how do I get to the next level, and who is that person that can potentially help me get there, or people that can help me to get there that I trust. And it sounds like your dad. Was that for you? So yeah, actually, let's go there. So yeah. did your dad have an entrepreneurial journey as well? Or? Dude, my dad's a beast, man. My dad, my dad has scaled and sold multiple hundred million dollar plus companies, right? Wow. So my, da- my dad was, my dad is a Cuban immigrant that came here when he was 16 years old, right, to Miami, got a scholarship to UF, graduated from UF with a degree in, in industrial engineering, went down, actually civic, civic engineering, went down to Venezuela because that's where his dad had moved to at that point. Got a job with IBM in the early 70s when personal computing was starting to happen and parlayed that into a job with one of like the, the, the wealthiest family businesses, you know, in the world. These guys, the Cisneros, worked his way up the Cisneros to being their like operator guy. And the Cisneros started doing leverage buyout in like the early, in the, like the mid 70s. And putting my dad as the ops guy, right? So that's what brought us to Miami. That's what took us to Spain. In Spain, they took a, you know, big business department store that they bought for like four million bucks and sold it for like a hundred something million bucks three years later. Wow. At at that point, they didn't break him off anything. So my dad said, "All right, if I'm just an employee to you, I'm gonna go do my own thing." Came back to Miami, purchased a couple of different businesses. He ended up building out the biggest value added. Uh, tech distribution company in Latin America and uh, sold that, stayed on board, resold it again to a bigger group, found a downstream supplier after that when he was going to retire, bought that. That was his first L, right? Like in 
late 60s, takes an L, loses a third of his net worth. And then at that point, this is during the time when my brother was struggling with pancreatic cancer and, and passed away. So like my dad's like fully depressed, you know, laying down to die. And my cousin who had just started this burger chain in Spain, um, his dad passes away and he calls my dad. He's like, dude, my dad was going to be the executive on my board. Now I'm kind of rudderless. I need some help with this. My dad looks at his books. My dad, first of all, tells him to fuck off, right? So my cousin gets on a plane and, 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 flies, to, and flies to Miami, opens up his books at a dinner table. My dad falls in love with it, sets out a business plan to exit in five years for 80 million euros. And in a year and a half, they exited for 150 million euros. This happened a year and a half ago. Crap, so he's the dude. fucking man, right? Like, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> totally makes sense now. I love yeah. all the pieces getting put together. I mean, yeah. he to have somebody like that in your team, to have somebody like that, to me, that's always, you, you're Rocky Balboa, and you've got Mick in your corner who's like, catch the chicken, Pablo, catch the chicken. And, yeah. and like he's got so much experience yeah. that, yeah, I mean, you're blessed. Truly, truly blessed to have Absolutely. someone like that on your team, um, you know, that you can always, always lean on. And, and apologies, you know, and, and, and my heart goes out to you about your brother as well. Appreciate it. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. The thing that I wanted to highlight, and, and I know you can expand on this better than I can, but here's a, here's a story and then I'll let you grab it uh, from there is there's two fish and they're swimming in the ocean and a larger fish comes by and says, the water's nice today, huh? And the other, as they swim past that larger fish, the two little fish look at each other and they go, what's water? And I love that story because it's such a highlight to immigrants coming into this country understanding where they are. This is an opportunity in the land of opportunity in America. I know I'm in water and I'm going to make the most out of it. Whereas the majority of people in America who are born here, who are like you were mentioning earlier, are privileged, don't even get the context of where they are, the land of opportunity. So can you speak, and Gary talks about this too a lot, right? How immigrants make for the most successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, that's why they own, you know, convenience stores and gas yeah. stations and businesses, yeah. and they know how to buy and sell. You know, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who's Cuban as well, comes from, from Cuba and his parents in Miami. You know, he, they owned multiple businesses and still own multiple businesses. <laughs> I know one of the things that, one of the big things that they leapfrogged off was they, they, they won the uh, Latin, there was a the lotto. 
<laughs> and they they bought businesses with that money. They were smart with it, as you know, as opposed to all the people that just piss it away. Yeah. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about that for, for sure. those that don't understand? You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, I think scarcity creates resourcefulness. And I've been I've been another thing that I've been fortunate to witness, which is another double edged sword. Is so my dad lived this in Cuba overnight, right? I come from Venezuela. The majority of my family lives in you know. We were, my mom's the oldest of six, and we were the only family unit that lived outside of Venezuela up until like the late 90s, right? When Chavez took over and started destroying that country, right? So I've seen, I've seen what, you know, I, I, I've heard the stories of everything that made my dad's generation of Cubans that came over here great. And then I've, I've gotten the privilege to see this happen in Venezuela slowly but surely, right? Like people leaving at first because they like see it coming, so they bounce. Now it's like people that are just like, man, I got to get out of here. People are starving on the streets. And I don't think it's a surprise that there are so many incredible Venezuelan, I have goosebumps talking about it, incredible Venezuelan entrepreneurs roaming around because that scarcity, man, really, you know, they, they went through, they've gone through a whole generation and a half of just like, well, all of a sudden there's no bread at, at, in the supermarket. Then it's like, well, all of a sudden, you can't take money out of the ATM. Well, all of a sudden, there's no electricity for a week. You know, like yeah. that type of stuff makes you resourceful, man. And and the uh, mm-hmm. and the uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there because I can get into educational system and everything else. Oh, but dude. on the immigrant tip, you know, like scarcity creates resourcefulness, and we live in the land of abundance, man. You know, like like really, the U.S. kills it on convenience and quality of life. Yeah. So if if all you know is this, then it's you know I could see why someone would look around and be like, what do you mean? It's Sunday at 7 p.m. and I can't get toothpaste. But yeah. but like when you take that stuff for granted, so what else do you take for true. granted? You know? Dude, not to get into politics, I just want to scratch the surface here for a quick second because I know that you've come from generations of understanding and, and recognizing the signs, you know, which there to me are many signs that are showing these things. And we could talk about this off mic. But the thing is, um, people and I think society, and I, I don't want to go too deep on this, but we have been living in the land of abundance and have gotten to the point where we're so spoiled, right? That we think the minor things that are happening to us in life, you know, are big deals, right? Like, like we're, we're creatures of comfort. Everything is now, Hey, yeah, like you said, (laughs) you can get everything. And then now that things are shut down, people are beginning to realize, Oh crap, you know, maybe it's not, you know, what happens now? I'm I'm freaking out. There's no need to freak out folks. People have experienced way worse than this. Dude, dude, when COVID hit, my wife is like, I know exactly what the fuck to do. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's yeah. as well. And my, my, my wife knew exactly how to source stuff from supermarkets and toilet yeah. paper and what to stock and what not to stop. It's, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, dude. But we can continue that conversation. Uh, yeah. No need to polarize our audience here because I know we can quickly easily do that. Easy. But I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about your journey so far. So so now we, you've taken us through, you know, the beginning and the, the, your, your upbringing and then like your, your creative career in corporate and then realizing you want to build your own parachute. What was that moment? Well, how, how did you get to that realization that, you know what, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to join a startup. And then and then what happened after that? Man, you know, the startup thing was easy comparison what happened after that, right? Like, like first of all, I was just like, you know what? I, I broke it down to my dad. I'm like, listen, man, this might not make sense to you dollars and cents. It might not make sense to your career trajectory, but I'm I'm really out here. I told him, I'm like, I'm really out here trying to figure out if I can do this on my own. Like, that's really what I'm asking myself, dad. Like, it has nothing to do with anything else outside of, outside of I need to test me, 
right? So he's like, fine, if you're, t- if you're doing it on that rationale, then what can I tell you, bro? Right. So the startup thing was a super easy transition because I was looking to move somewhere um, with a lower cost of living, still close to Miami that I could also surf in. Jacksonville checked off all those boxes. I felt super cool telling everybody I was leaving construction for startup tech land, right? Like I felt really, really cool. Um, that partnership in a, in a year, what that exposed me to, right? Being the VP of business development in a world of Amazon dropshipping really exposed me to just like cutting edge online business model practices and having come from 10 years of networking the shit out of traditional business in Miami, right? Like I, I, I knew one to three people in every room in Miami. Um, I, I was just thinking, man, the stuff that these guys are implementing is light years beyond what these businesses are implementing. And there has to be some arbitrage there, right? Like that was the first big, big I hope. And I was just like, man, there's people making a ton of money that aren't that intelligent. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and, 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 and after a year there, the partnership was just toxic, right? It was spilling out into my life. I had this like deep conversation with my wife and decided, you know, I just need to cut this thing off at the head and, um, and walk away and I walked away from whatever my equity was going to be or, you know, my, my, a guaranteed contract that I had with whatever, right? Once I walked away, that was really terrifying, right? Like, I, like that was just one of these things I like, man, I'm already on this limb. Like, it's not that much further down. I have money put away, right? Um, which I, I burned through a decent amount and, and like in, in, in starting it and, and, and whatever, but at that point, my wife, again, gave me the brilliant idea of taking like a 90-day purposeful pause to, you know, she said it as detox. For me, it was like, man, I need to like get some distance. I, without distance, there's no perspective, right? Like you can be looking at the most beautiful painting in the world right here. You got to get away from it to look at it, right? So I needed to get some distance and I needed to just distill the lessons that I had learned, right? This arbitrage that I had seen and all the different things that fit into my thesis that, that first started and, and how to reverse engineer where I want to be in 10 years to, to, to what I know right now, right? So like I took like a 90-day purposeful pause and I knew that I was going to be super anxious in being actively inactive. So I booked four conferences. I booked Gary V's 2020 edge in 2021, just because I wanted to get close to Gary. I booked this capitalism conference in Dallas by Ryan Moran, who's a, an e-commerce guy. I booked the 10 X conference in Miami. Cause again, it was Miami and you know, whatever. Dude, I was there. Huh? Yeah. I was there too. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we probably uh, rubbed shoulders, man. That's yeah. We, we were probably sold the same thing over and over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we were watching the, uh, the, 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 the Gary, uh, the, the, the double of Grant Cardone fly into the stadium yeah, on a parish. Yeah. Dude, I, I described that. I described that conference as if a Metallica stadium yes. concert had a baby with a Mexican flea market. Right? Like it was wildly entertaining pitch fest. Right. Um, and the and, biggest names on stage that you'll ever see that yeah. isn't a concert. Yeah. It was great, right? Concert. It was, it it was, was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. Listen, man, that to me was an exercise in the power of the stage. Entertain yeah. you for 72 hours while I offer you shit, people are going to buy. Oh, my God. <laughs> just yeah, it, it was. You couldn't escape it, man. It was no way it. you were leaving without everybody at least a got t-shirt. Got. <laughs> everybody got got. Um, and then I went to Funnel Hacking Live, which is oh. the ultimate get got, oh, right? Like that, yeah, 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 yeah. that to me was just an incredible like Dude. four day religious indoctrination into give me your money. That uh, was that, crazy. Incredible. Do you, do you think Cardone was aware that Dice was going to leverage that to 
to build this whole thing, right? He really, really used it to, like, like, to position himself as like, hey, look what I did. I, I sold from the stage. He made billions of dollars. That's you right, because a year and, and before made he it a done that. That was yeah, crazy, Ru- Russell right? Brun- you said Dice. It's Russell Brunson. I, I, I mean, that's yeah, what yeah, I meant. Yeah. I'm sorry, Russell yeah. Brunson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man, but I think it all – I think those guys all get the fact that like leveraging st- – Anybody that's making the massive amount of content that anybody on that stage is making understands the value of the stage and leveraging other stages and leveraging audiences, mm-hmm. man. Yep. So, yep. so I think yeah. I think it made Gardone a bunch of money that he did that shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, absolutely, yeah. So, so it's all good, man. So as I as I like iterated through these conferences, I I literally came home with a spreadsheet of 450 new people that I met, right? Like, and 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 whatever, right? And I just went from. Gary's thinking, man, I am walking away from this one and a half day conference with like 25 new friends and everybody else is walking away with like the four same people that they walked in the room with, you know, so to then it's like, how do I position myself as a thought leader in networking and building relationships? Cause I had done that in Miami. So I started pitching myself as that in, at the capitalism conference. Then I got to, as a speaker, right. Then I got to 10X and I saw Pete Vargas talk about the different ways to monetize the stage. That was a huge key in my belt. And by the time I got the Funnel Hacking Live, I was introducing myself as a professional networker. And, and by the end of all of it, I realized I want to prove that the future of business development is community creation. And I realized that the way you do it, the way that you scale what I was doing in Miami is via content, right? Like everything I was doing in Miami of providing stages for people in an audience, if I can capture that in content and redistribute that, then now it's a self-feeding machine. And I look at it as three as a Venn diagram where it's relationship enablement, enablement, right? Like how do you introduce yourself, somebody to somebody that they want to meet value exchange, right? Like how do you make the information that you're giving somebody valuable and content layered on top of it where all those things meet, that is a community driving ball of value that as you know, right? Like if you can bring in a keynote speaker to PodMax, allow the people that you know, pay into PodMax to create the relationship with the keynote speaker, interview them, create content, now be able to redistribute that content and be guilty by association with that speaker. Now you've created, you know, the, the seeds that you plant in networking when you layer content on top of that become these seeds that can be watered forever. And, and, and they have a lot more time and they're like packed in a fertilizer capsule, you know? So um, that's, that's what came out of it, man. It took me from January to get my first client in July, which was a best-selling author who ended up being the world's foremost digital content strategist, which is pretty freaking awesome because then that really put my stuff in, into overdrive once I understood all the stuff that he was talking about. Uh, this guy, Brendan Kane, who wrote the book, One Million Followers, and, and got my first client, you know, like July. By the end of the year, I had uh, six clients. I was at around like 11K recurring revenue, building a business underneath me. And that's how I started this year from zero to that. And now with COVID, everything's completely ramped up. And, and you know, like this answer that I've been trying to, that I, this question I've been asking of how do you really maximize relationship building by layering person to person networking tactics to content strategy is now the answer to how do I create business when the chamber of commerce events are closed for banks and accountants and lawyers and whatever. Right. So now I'm going up those verticals of traditional business and, and, yeah. and creating that arbitrage. 
Dude, so much stuff, dude. You you remind me of my episode on Bigger Pockets, where when that, I go that's back, that's what I'm I, saying. When I listen to my episode, which I highly recommend people, you know, review your own content, whether it's yeah. video, audio, whatever yeah, yeah. it is, and 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 try to improve on it. Take notes to, and 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 I remember talking, and there's so much, so much chunked in a in a short amount of time, where I felt like man, this is a fire hose. And then I think that Jay Scott said that, you know, and I feel like now I'm Jay where I'm like, holy crap, there's so much there. I don't even know where to start. And also we're coming to the end of the show and I'm like, crap, man, we're going to have to do a part two. Or we're going to, you and I should just do a series of shows where we could talk as like, cause, cause we're going to meet, we're going to have meetings. We should just record them <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and share them with people, whether it's on your platform, my platform or a new platform, yeah. because there's so much stuff that you've, you've given to people there, but the, that, that last bit, and I love, and you've mentioned it to me before is that, you know, that whole sort of ball of value where you're creating, you know, the, you understood the power of relationships and building and fostering and nurturing that, and then offering value to those relationships by through, through connections and, and, and then, then layering content on top of it. That's super powerful, man. And maybe people are doing it and don't realize it, but that is that is when you will get to the critical mass point of growth because now others who don't understand how it's constructed will come to you and be like, um, can you do it for me? Which is what I see you doing now, you know, with with your other shows and your other partners and your other hosts where it's like, you're now creating content for others and I don't know if you're following the trajectory that I'm on, but eventually you're going to just start creating only content for yourself because it's going to get to the point where like, man, my time is so limited. I, yes, by all means, legacy, partnerships, I'm going to continue building with you, but I don't have the bandwidth because there's just going to be more and more asked of you as I am asking, right? And I love the fact that um, you were able to take my ask and not, you know, say, no, you like, oh yeah, I'll help you because I appreciate you for that. And and I'm looking forward to, and I hope the audience who's listening to this episode, you're gonna get to know Pablo even more as he jumps into entrepreneur circle and and dude, you're amazing. Let's let's you're dive powerful. in for five more minutes on that, Eric. Right. Because yeah, I think do it. it's I think it's really valuable what you're seeing right now. I number one, yes, I agree, right? I am I am funding my ability to create content for myself by creating content for other people first. And I'm yeah. and I'm and I'm building a machine underneath me. I, I'm one to one Gary Vee, right? Like he built Vayner Media, so he could do the thing, right? Like I, I why yeah. why break why, why reinvent that wheel, right? Like <laughs> I know I don't want to sell info products, so I, I, yeah. I I'm going the same exact route, service based mm -hmm. industry that allows me to build core capacities for me to be able to explore explode my own brand. But the one thing that in the middle there that you're talking about is the idea of co-creating content. Right. I, 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 I am creating for other people, but in the case of my biggest client, JWB, I'm also the face of their show. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so I am, as you know, the fastest way to build audiences is leverage other audiences. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a fine line in there where, yes, you want to be creating content for yourself. You can be doing it as a service for other people. But if, but if you can find that alchemy of like what we're doing right now, right? I'm about to be on your podcast. That's going to open up audience big time because you're a, you're a big time dude. And, <laughs> and, and I'm going to do everything possible to, to reciprocate, right? Like obviously I'm going to try to drive as much value to your audience. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to do my thing on your podcast so that, so that it's as good as possible. 
so that it's an overall ball of value. I just always think that there is an intersectional point where it's always a win-win, man. And and my yeah. brain, thanks to my positive background and being brought up that way, right back to the beginning, I, I am just a supremely positive dude that will not let go of something until I find the win-win of it because I just very, very much believe in it. And so yeah. I, I, I just wanted to touch on that, on that, right? Like there is creating content for yourself. There's creating content for others. To me, the magic is when you are sharing the stage with brilliant people and you're both adding value to each other. And yeah. if you're doing that, then you can be doing it 24-7 because so many other things are happening. You're also creating the relationship. You are, you know, you're getting educated yourself. Uh, you are being in, in front of other people's audience. So it's also growing your business and your reach. Um, yeah. and, then, and then after that, it's just figure out a way to like chop it up and redistribute it, man, which I've gotten pretty good at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that dude. And I'm learning so much from you and I'm being inspired as well because, you know, as we were sitting in Miami and didn't even realize we were going to best be best bros while we were like in this 10,000 sold out arena, which is unheard of. Um, what we were witnessing on stage, you know, to me, like you said, it was really good analogy with when Metallica did a mashup, I forgot what, it, what they called that, that tour when they had Megadeth and Anthrax and all these yeah. big, big names from the eighties and the nineties mashed up on stage and they toured, you know, the big cities. Who's to say we don't replicate that at our level? So I feel like you, me, Josh Carey, all of our other partners, where when we are able to collaborate and put it on our virtual stage and eventually our physical stages, we have audiences that we're building. And they're all going to benefit from learning and growing next to each other. And, 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 and it's just powerful because... I think a lot of folks out there who who are trying to get into the content creation game or elevate or grow their business through content, if you haven't realized by now after, you know, 45 minutes an hour into our show, content is key. You have to create content and you have to also cross-pollinate that content with other thought leaders, with other people who have audiences whether big or small. But here's the other thing, and I learned this from Jason Pfeiffer uh, from Entrepreneur Magazine, is when you reach out to someone, don't take it personally if they say no, because you want to find people who have brands, personal brands, that are somewhat at the same level as yours, you know, because you can't go to the Gary V's and go, hey, you want to be, you want to share some stuff? Like find the person that you yeah. feel like, okay, we're sort of growing up together. You know, we're sort of all leveling up around the same space. So, you know, I appreciate you for jumping in with me because I always felt equal. I, I love your content. I watch your stuff. I'm like, man, this guy is like a mirror. Like, I feel like I'm looking and hearing myself and I'm like, why don't we do more stuff? But I love, you know, and I love getting to know you a little bit more and hearing about your family and your background. And hopefully everybody will now love you as I do and and and, and continue the journey not through just this show, but through your, your other shows. So what's the best show that people can can hit you up and, and learn more and then also the best ways to reach out to you if they want to work with you? Oh, you're saying what's the best? Ah, man, my, so my, if I, if I ask you to, to listen to one piece of content of mine, it's episode seven of my podcast. That's my last call track where I do this origin story, rap motivational speech, or it's like a 15 minute kind of like rap song speech thing over a beat that I had custom produced. Wow. That's my, that's my 2019 story, man. Like that. And that's the reason why I launched my podcast is because I wanted, I wanted somewhere for something like that to live. Right. Um, I didn't know you rapped. That's good, man. I, I, I learned I, something. Only because I actually rapped on that thing. Right. Like not cause I'm good <laughs> at rapping. Um, 
So Can't yeah, so, so my, my, my podcast, Chief Executive Connector, episode seven, last call. Outside of that, season two on, everything is like really, really well produced. First season, like first 10 episodes, hit or miss, but really, really great stories, right? My dad's in there. He's episode eight. And um, and best way to reach out to me, man, is connect with Pablo. That is my <laughs> that is what I want you to do. It's my website, connectwithpablo.com. My email address is you should at connectwithpablo.com. It's an email address and a call to action because I want you to do it. And uh, my Instagram is connect with Pablo. My Twitter is connect w Pablo, right? So like if you yeah. put connect with Pablo anywhere or search Pablo Gonzalez with a Z at the end on on iTunes, you'll find me, which is the first time I've ever been able to rank for anything as having like the John Smith of Hispanic people's names. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. You know what the heck you're doing. So hopefully people will reach out, get to know you, connect, uh, because you know, you're doing big things and I hope to be doing big things alongside with you, brother. So thanks for being a part of the show. You're absolutely amazing. And, uh, can't wait to do more. Eric, you are the man and my new best friend, dude. I'm so <laughs> I'm so pumped for the future of our relationship, and I'm honored that you have me on your stage. I'm super honored to host your podcast, man. Like that is incredible. I can't believe you asked me that, and and man, I'm I'm just I'm very impressed by you and everything that you're doing, man. So I'm happy to be guilty by association with you all day, son. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Right. Much love, man. I'll talk to you soon. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Yeah.